We're going to get started with the message for today. If I can. Be good. All right. Good morning, everybody. Okay, guys. So uh, for those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Eli. Uh, my wife and I, Ian's son, we lead the youth and family ministry here in the Chippewa Valley Church, which is a great honor and privilege to do so. Um, we absolutely love... Uh, we absolutely just love the youth and family ministry, the, the families, the kids. Um, it's such a joy. And so this mo- uh, we're going through uh, a series this year on knowing God, and we're going through the Old Testament to know God. And today we're going to be going into the book of Joshua. Okay, we have made our way through the, the Torah, through the first five books, through the law, and we're now onto Joshua, which is the beginning of what's known as the historical books of the Bible, which is obviously a historical account of what the Israelites uh, went through. And, you know, Joshua is a really important book of the Bible because, well, it's, it's inspiring, and there's deep parallels to uh, the work that Joshua does in the name of God and the work that Jesus does later on in the New Testament in the name of God. Uh, we're going to be looking at this theme of cultivating courage in Joshua. Um, There's so much in Joshua to talk about, but uh, the thing that I just wanted to zero in on and the thing that stuck out to me the most was cultivating courage. And and the reason I I phrase it that way, cultivating courage, is because courage is something that does not just happen. Courage is something that needs to be cultivated, especially for those of us who are, you know, maybe a little more fearful than the average person. Okay? So, in the, in the, one of the, just the important reason to talk about courage, when it comes to the Christian life, okay, uh, I've got this quote here. It says, courage is the most important of all virtues, because without courage, you cannot practice any other virtue consistently. And... I was thinking about that, and if you, if you put that in your mind, how, how it takes courage to practice virtue, well, if you think about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, goodness, all those things, you think about love. Think about when someone hurts you, a, a brother, a sister, or your spouse, they, they do something that hurts you, and, and how do you respond to that with love? Right? Because, I don't know about you, but if that happens to me, I feel like, well, they might do it again. Yeah. Or, well, I don't know if they're going to learn their lesson, so maybe I need to teach them that lesson. And it's rather than leaving, like God says, vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. Like, you don't take care of vengeance. I do. Okay? What about, what about joy and faith when nothing seems to be going right, going our way? It, it's, we have to have courage to have joy and have faith in those situations. Right. When it comes to patience, you know, we, we tend, we, there's this concept in the Bible of, of running ahead of God in the Proverbs. And when, we're, when we want something, when we want some kind of security, if we don't have the, the job that we want, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the spouse, whatever it is that we want, sometimes 
well, we don't want to wait for God, so we run ahead and we get it ourselves. And it never works out because it wasn't according to God's will, it wasn't according to his timing, and so we lack patience. And it takes courage to say, you know what, I have this fear that I'm never going to get this whatever it is that I want, but I'm going to wait for God to, to give it to me or to maybe not give it to me, but to trust him in that. Self-control. All right, it's another fruit of the Spirit. It takes courage to have self-control, especially when everyone around you is like wanting you to, like, especially for the teens, okay? When, they, when everyone around you wants you to participate in something that is not godly, okay? When they, and, and, and you want to be accepted, and you want to fit in, and you want to be cool. And you, those are fears that stop us from having self-control. And so courage is acting in the face of fear. It is not, not feeling fear. It's just it's having the fear and then acting despite it. It takes courage to have self-control. And, you know, guys, this message is, is for me. Um, I, I, every time that I come up here to do a message, I pretty much am always like, oh, God wants me to talk about that? Like, I'm so bad at that. <laughs> and this is, like, this is like the worst one. This is like, I'm like a chihuahua, okay? I, I, I might be big, like, you know, fairly large, like, physical presence, but I'm like a chihuahua. I got a little bit of yip in me, but, you know, not a lot of bite. And, you know, just that's, that's honestly where my courage is. It's, it's bad. And so, and I, and I, I read this verse, and I'll, and I'll show it with you guys, it, to help us all gain some conviction about this. Okay, Revelation 21.8 says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Whew! Okay. You guys, notice something about this passage. These things that we look down upon so much, like things that are just not in the church, Sexual immorality, murder, that is, there is no place for these things in God's church. But what about coward, cowardice? Is there a place for that in God's church? Because according to Revelation, it's grouped with these other horrible sins and crimes. And we just, we need to have some conviction about that. Look at our courage as something that needs to be cultivated. Look at our fears as something that needs to be dealt with and not just avoid them and, and kind of pass it off as, well, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's not, it's not on all of the sin lists, you know, like Galatians 5. You don't, you don't see fear in there, but it's here. So we're going to be looking uh, through the book of Joshua to, to help us gain some conviction about courage. Okay, so Joshua chapter 1, we're starting right at the beginning. We're going to read the first nine verses. <coughs> After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with, was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, this is a great passage. It's powerful. Okay, I must have, I messed something. I had a chart in here, but don't have it, so it's all good. Okay, so... An overview of Joshua. I want to talk a little bit, just a second, about what is kind of going on right here in Joshua. So we have, this is where the torch of leadership is being passed from Moses to Joshua. Okay, and then that's the first six chapters roughly. And then you get to the conquest, where the next six chapters or so after that, they go on these military conquests. And there is, uh, they clear, essentially they clear the promised land of the inhabitants so that they can live there like God promised them. And then you have, they disperse those, the land that they have, they disperse it between the 12 tribes. And then they kind of have, the book ends with kind of this consecration. Like, honestly, kind of like the book of Deuteronomy where they just re-kind of go over the law. Like, look, God has blessed us. We've made it this far. Let's commit ourselves to following him. Okay? And why we I think I tend to think of Joshua as like just this super strong courageous dude because he does he has so much like military victory and to guys that's like the coolest thing ever like just being a soldier that's like that that's what we think is cool okay and but he, why would God say this to him and if we just if we think about this it's the the verse starts off verse one says after the death of Moses and Moses was a father figure to Joshua. When we, when we look at, through the Torah, we see that he was a mentor to Joshua. We see that Moses is a great leader. He is, in Judaism, he's heralded as the greatest man that has ever lived in Judaism. He has big shoes to fill. So his, his, the one who has led him this far, uh, in terms of his mentor, his father figure, has is, is died. And now he has to step into those shoes to lead. He is in need of courage. I think that there are three keys to cultivating courage in our lives. And we're going to go over those. I think the first one is to meditate on God's word. We see that in this passage. To meditate. Right there in verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. It's like the man in Psalm 1. Psalm 1 describes this man who is like a tree planted by streams of water, who, who meditates, who delights in the law, meditates on it day and night, and he bears fruit in season and out of season. His leaf never withers. And it's because the law of the Lord is on his heart. You know, one thing 
about the law of the Lord, about the word of God, is that it's, it has supernatural power. You know, we, you can, in terms of, like, there's, like, seminars all the time about, like, overcome your fears, be courageous, you know? And, you know, and then someone's got their book, Overcome Your Fears, 1999, okay? You can buy this book, it'll change your life forever. All right, and woohoo, yeehaw! And we have this book right here, the Bible, because this is the most courage giving book that has ever existed. It, it puts those things to absolute shame. If you want courage in your life, you need to read this book and meditate on it, which means to think about it, to, to memorize it, to, to ruminate on it. Is this something that that we do or that we hold each other accountable to do, right? Because if, if we want to be people of courage, we want to hold each other to, those, to that expectation. Are you meditating on the word? Are you, are you in, intentionally thinking about it and taking it with you through your day? You know, one thing that I've noticed about meditating on God's word that is so awesome and helpful is that it's almost like you, you don't have to feel your faith to have it. Does that make sense? So a lot of times faith, when I'm feeling up and I'm feeling happy, it's, it's easy to have faith. When I'm feeling down, it's, it's definitely harder. But when the word of God is continually on our lips, it's no longer a matter of feeling, it's a matter of knowing. And then we know God. And Jesus says in John 17 that knowing God is eternal life. God is trying to free your faith from needing to feel it, to have it. And if we meditate on God's word, we can achieve that freedom from needing to feel it. This, the second thing is practicing the presence of God. You know, wherever you, in hundreds of times in the Bible, it, you see the words, do not fear, or don't be afraid, or take courage. And 99% of the time, all within, a, within the sentence, within the paragraph, you'll see the words, for I am with you always there. And that is our reason to have courage and to not be afraid because God is with us. And meditating on the word, these two, they really they just go hand in hand. When we meditate on God's word, we're so much more able to practice his presence when his word is on our lips. I can say to myself, God's with me, but that's, that's just not nearly as effective. As actually, I've been working, I've been memorizing uh, this passage here up on the screen. And that, when I say this, it's like, it's so much more real than just the cheesy little saying, like, God is with me. No, like, God said these words, and they're his. It's awesome. So we meditate on God's word, and we practice his presence. These, these are musts if we're going to cultivate courage. And then the third, the third key is to have, to have fellowship, to have friendship. Okay, fellowship is a very powerful means of grace. It's a gift from God. And sometimes we think of fellowship as, you know, hey, the guys, we're going to get together, we're going to watch the game tonight. And that is fellowship. But it's just the start of fellowship. Fellowship is when, well, I should say the next level, when we take fellowship deeper, is when we, it's when we pray together. It's when we get on our knees and we, we pray and we confess to one another, where we say, hey, this is what I'm, 
dealing with. This is what I'm afraid of. This is what, will you give me a, will you give me a verse to help me with this? Will we share the word of God with each other? You know, God, uh, he absolutely loves unity. Okay, I actually don't know if this is in the PowerPoint. Let me see if it is. Nope. Okay, so in Matthew 18, um, verse 20, it's, it's very simple. It says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. I want you to think about that. Where two or three are gathered in my name. That is the smallest possible measurement of human unity. You just need one other person. That's it. It can't get any smaller. And God says, there I am with you. That's how much he loves unity. And he looks on it and says, I'm with you and I will bless that. You know, in terms of, I really got to experience this, this aspect courage this past week. Me and a group of guys, uh, Caleb, Grayson, um, Lee from Duluth, and Cole also from Duluth, were in the Badlands of South Dakota. And uh, never go there, <laughs> ever. I'm, I'm never going back. I, I hate that place. Okay? It is, a, it is a, the miry pit of hell. It is... There is mud and sinkholes just everywhere, and there's snakes, and they all live, and there's just so many creatures who live in these holes and clefts and the rocks, and like that's just, and it's just dry, and there's hardly any vegetation, and oh, okay. But we went there, and uh, the second it was going great actually. We were having, we were having a good time because uh, we were just hiking, and it, there are there are some uh, some nice spots uh, where. No, there's really not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was good. And the second night we get there, uh, we set up camp, and I'm going to make a, a long story short. The wind, the, the storm, huge storm rolls in, and it rips our tent. And, and then it starts to absolutely downpour. Like, and, and, and then we're also talking like 40, 50 mile per hour winds, thunder, lightning, uh, we're, we're trying to nav- we're on the stuck in this grass plane and we're trying to navigate off it because the last place you want to be in a storm is just on a like a elevated plane and that's where we were we could not get off of it because everywhere in the badlands there's just ravines and like you, it's super hard to get through and it was night and it was raining we we just got stuck we could not get out of where we were and so we decided we took our tent and we didn't set, we just literally climbed inside of it so it was like a little sack on the ground. And to, to try to, and at this point, I'm completely drenched. We're all completely drenched. Just, I, I can't even describe, like, how can you be that waterlogged? Like, I don't understand how your clothing absorbs that much water and just keeps it, okay? And we're trying to sleep, and there's puddles of water inside of our tent. Like, we're, sli- I go wake up, like, I fell asleep for like 10 minutes. And I wake up, I'm like in a puddle, and I'm freezing. And so we're all huddled together. We're, we're trying to stay warm. We even, we're, we're concerned because we're shivering, we're cold, we're not sure we're going to be able to make it through the whole night, so we call the park service to ask for help. We finally get a hold of them, and help's not coming. They, they're, they're not going to, and then we even, we even call the National Guard. National Guard, we send on SOS, no, no response, nothing happens. So we are there on our own. We know, we just have come to the conclusion that we're going to have to get through the night, and when the park ranger told us that he wasn't coming, 
or that we could stay or we could leave. <laughs> we all laughed. All the guys, we, we laughed. And it, it was funny. And because we, we had each other, we had our faith in God. I, I was so confident that God was going to, I was still scared, but I was confident that God was going to get us through. And, but if I would have been there by myself, I would have been weeping like a little baby. I would have been in the fetal position, just crying. Just, But it was because of my brothers that were there with me, I was able to have some courage. So God, that we, we need that in our lives. If we're going to have courage. Um, let's go ahead and read the scripture that's up there. Uh, we're moving on to Joshua 17, okay, verse 14. It says, The people of Joseph said to Joshua, Why have you given us only one allotment and one portion for an inheritance? So they're, they're splitting up the land. We are a numerous people, and the Lord has blessed us abundantly. If you are so numerous, Joshua answered, and if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up in the forest and clear land for yourselves there in the land of uh, Perizzite and the Rephaites. The people of Joseph replied, The hill country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots fitted with iron, both those in Bethshan and its settlements and those in the valley of Jezreel. But Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, You are numerous and very powerful. You will not only have one allotment, but the forested hill country as well. Clear it, and its farthest limits will be yours. Though the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron, though they are strong, you can drive them out. Okay, and so what we have going on is they're splitting up the land, and, and Ephraim, the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh are like, hey, wait a second, Josh. We only got one allotment of land. And so Josh is like, yeah. Uh, there's the, why don't you go up to the, the wooded area and, and clear that out? You can have that too. And then they come back. They're like, Joshua, look, I don't, we only have one allotment of land, and the people there have chariots fitted with iron. Joshua's like, yeah, I know. You are numerous and very powerful. Go drive them out. You can have it. And this is such a true, it's just a good picture of life. Because, you know, a lot of times we turn, we go, we go, to, we go to our leader, we go to somebody for help, and it's like, you, you, have, you have the courage, you have the power to do it, to drive it out. Okay, and, and so I want to talk about a few ways to utilize this courage, this God-given courage. When we cultivate it, we utilize it. And these first two things, I'm going to bundle them together because I think they're both very important in uh, expressing this singular truth. And that is to be content with your lot in life. It takes courage to be content with your lot where you were born, your family, how tall you are, your, your health issues. Like, there's a lot of things we cannot control. Okay? And then there are a lot of things that we can. Okay? So we have to understand both. And the other thing is, so that, be content with your lot, and then ownership. We have to take ownership of the things that we can control. You know, it's not, when, when we fall into sin, it's, you know, well, my whole family has always struggled with that. You know what? But you decided. You decided to do that. You've got to take ownership. Here's a, a quote from, uh, the, just in regards to this, from uh, Joni Erickson Tata. She's a quadriplegic, and she has a ministry where she just ministers to disabled people primarily. But she's an inspiring woman. And uh, so here's a quote from her. It says, That truth 
set me free along with other truths, like leaning daily on God's grace and realizing that God's children are never victims. Everything that touches their lives, he permits. The irony is you can't imagine a more victimized person than Jesus. Yet when he died, he didn't say, I am finished, but said, it is finished. He did not play the victim, and thus he emerged the victor. Forget the self-pity. True, your supervisor may be trying to push you out of your job. Your marriage may be a fiery trial. You might be living below the poverty level. But victory is ours in Christ. His grace is sufficient. Know this truth, and it will set you free. This day, Jesus, I can feel sorry for myself or victorious in you. Show me how to choose the latter. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just different when you hear someone like this say those words. We can't even imagine someone more victimized than Jesus. You can't even dream up someone more victimized, and yet he conquered because of his courage, because of his faith. Um, lastly, when it comes to utilizing this courage, right? We, 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 try, we, we be content with the things that we cannot control, and we take ownership of the things that we can, is sharing the gospel. This is one area where I, I, I have, I, I'm just fearful. I actually, this week, I was at a coffee shop, and I even just prayed like a few days prior, like, God, give me someone to share my faith with. And, and, I, and I knew my character, and I said, God, don't let me be afraid. Like, because I know you're going to, you, you know you're going to answer that prayer. You're going to give me the opportunity. And I know I'm going to be afraid. <laughs> so don't let me give in to that fear. And so I was at the coffee shop, and it, there was this guy, uh, he was sitting like a few tables down, but it was just literally me and him on this whole half. It was like, it was like, the, there's no better, like, circumstance to share your faith. And I had my window, and I, and I even thought, I, like the spirit was like, it moved, and it said, you need to talk to that person then. And I faltered for just a second. And then he like got on his phone. I was like, okay, I'll just wait until he's done with that. And then he like, he got up and laughed. And then I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't talk to him. And honestly, like, that, that's wrong. Um, I have a mission and a duty as a disciple of Jesus to share the gospel. And here's why. Jesus told us to, but let's look at Jesus' heart. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were distressed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus saw the crowds, and he said, they're like sheep without, he had compassion on them. And as a disciple, I'm so blessed to have all the, the blessings that I have and the relationship with God that I have. And it is, you know, it's very Pharisee-like of me to not share that blessing. You know, we're, we're human beings. We're beings of extremes. It's very hard to have balance as a person because if you think about when we, if we don't share, like, like God tells us in his word to sacrifice everything so that we'll sacrifice something. God tells us in his word to, to give everything so that we'll give something. He tells us to, you see what I'm saying? We, if we don't share, we hoard. 
And so what God does, he tells you have to share, pulls us to share, and what ends up happening is we just we end up in the middle because we share. We, we, we have such a hard time going all the way to where God wants us to go, but he keeps us away from hoarding. And that's what happens if we don't share our faith is then we hoard it. And we become just like the Pharisees in the New Testament, the people that Jesus could not stand. And who were just caught, they were so religious, right? They were so religious. But they didn't, they didn't share it with the, with the people that Jesus had compassion on. They looked down on. And that's just, that's not right. We can't do that. Um, I wanted to wrap things up today with this just incredibly inspirational story that hopes gives you courage. There's, a, there's this man. His name is uh, Desmond Doss, and he was, he, he was in World War II, and he was what's known as a conscientious objector, which means because of his faith in God, he was not willing to carry a weapon. He did not believe in taking life of another person. And so he was very ridiculed and persecuted for this. I mean, com- I mean come on, like all the other soldiers, like, what are you, like, are you a sissy boy? Like, why don't you just carry a gun? And... So what he decided to do is, is he became a medic. He's like, look, I can, he's like, if I'm a medic, I don't have to take life, but I can still save it. And that was his mission. Okay, so what he was able to do is, is in Okinawa, Japan, in a battle under enemy fire, he, one by one, he took 50 wounded soldiers, all by himself, under, under the fire of enemies, and, and took them to safety. And we're going to watch. Go ahead and pull that clip up, Josh. Watch a clip from the movie uh, about him. Please, Lord, help 
get one more. Help me get one more. The heart in his words, Lord, help me get one more. I, I just, like when, when we take somebody and we help them become a Christian, sometimes it takes years. And it takes just work and prayers and tears and... And hopefully you can see in the, you know, he's using a rope, his hands are bloody. I mean, in our hands, they get tired. But please, Lord, help me get one more. You know, I want to have the courage to the day that I die. Lord, help me get one more. just want to finish with this verse and a quote, and we will um, be done, guys. He, he received the Congressional uh, Medal of Honor for, for what he did. And when we, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. We receive a crown of life when we persevere. This is near the end of Joshua. It says, The Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all the enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Not one word of all the promises that the Lord has made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. God promises to be with us. Amen. The path from who you are to who God wants you to be does exist. May you have the vision to find it, the courage to get onto it, and the perseverance to follow it. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray for communion. Heavenly Father, God, 
Uh, Jesus is the ultimate example of, of courage. God, may his courage be our courage. He uh, endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. God, he could see the greater purpose in the trials of his life. God, help us to see the greater purpose. God, help us to see that it all, that our courage comes from what Jesus did on the cross. Everything in our life, every good and perfect gift, everything comes from you, God. Uh, just, just pray that we just take this time to meditate, God, on, on the forgiveness, on the blessings, on, on all of the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.